Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Decaf with Taylor and Mark. Mark, what are you drinking today? I'm back to that uh, white peach, like the uptime, like kind of the healthier energy drink. Okay, well, I, I oh, wait, you know this, so I you know you know I drink those ants, right? You see those, the green ones. So I told Kira I, was, I had I left my green drink outside, and I guess she assumed that meant like healthy. I guess green drink usually means like healthy, Monica. whatever. And then I brought that. And she's like, oh god, that makes more sense. <laughs> Yeah, a green drink is either like matcha or like vegetable juice, not your amp energy drink. Technically not incorrect though. It is a green drink. So I feel I'm going to stick with that. Okay. It's like radioactive yellow because I'm pretty sure it is radioactive. That's a good point. Okay. Um, I think I talked about last week that I bought those matcha energy drinks that are like all natural and supposed yeah. to keep. Okay. So I tasted one and it tastes like pine saw smells. Pine saw the floor cleaning product. Yeah, bad then. So bad. But yeah. the problem is the problem is that I ordered 12 and so now I'm stuck with them and I have to drink them all because I'm not gonna throw them away. Maybe give them as like Christmas presents to people who you don't like. Yeah, I can ice people with these nasty matcha oh. energy drinks. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a great energy drink. I, I usually like some kind of fruit flavor, not pine saw, but whatever. Well, I mean it's lemon lime, but it's like carbonated Mr. Clean. And so I'm stuck drinking carbonated Mr. Clean to give me energy for the next 12 days until I get rid of them. Yeah, speaking of radioactive, I'm not sure that seems super healthy. That's what it tastes like. Seriously, that's not good. That's not good. Maybe it'll maybe it'll keep me immune from COVID. Wasn't that like a thing at the beginning of like drink cleaning products? Um, okay, speaking of COVID, Nashville is entering phase three of our COVID reopening today. Um, and first of all, okay, before we get into that, I really want to give a shout out to Governor Lee. I have always um, hyped the guy up on his leadership. I think he's done a really good job. But when he came out the other day and said that from the state level, he was going to remove all business restrictions and let the cities do what they wanted, I was really impressed. Honestly, I was really proud of that leadership. I thought it was necessary with how slowly Nashville's economy is bouncing back. And I was really proud that he took that stand. It seems like he's made a little bit of a, um, he, he's kind of found a good middle ground. So I don't know if you saw it, in Florida, everything's 100% back open. Yeah. Uh, Governor DeSantis did that. Um, so he's kind of said anything, everything should be open essentially, but these mayors had the option to do it if they choose to. So I mean, he's given, he's given some local control while also saying, hey, we sh this should be open. I think, I think that maybe he's regretting that a little bit. Um, just because Nashville has been so slow, I think that he assumed that a lot of these mayors would be a lot more reasonable than they than they have been about this. Um, but he, he's done a good job, and I, I think he's found a good middle ground. And now we need the mayor, and we need uh, Mayor of Memphis and, and a couple of people like that to maybe do a little bit better job of opening things up. But I agree, kudos to him. He's done a good job. Speaking of mayors, I'm going to put a plug in here really quick. We are launching our Knoxville Young Professionals Society on October 13th, and Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs is going to be our first speaker, and he's going to address what it's like to lead in a crisis, to lead in a pandemic. Um, so I'm excited to hear what he has to say about his experience, and, you know, if things are going well over there, maybe Nashville could learn a few lessons. Again and again, we keep seeing that Nashville's Mayor Cooper and his administration, they're, they say they're following the science but it doesn't really seem like it and Justin talked about it in the media Mark you've talked about it to the media based on the regulations and the rules that our mayor has put into place it doesn't really seem like a following the science thing it seems more like a keeping control thing yeah I mean it, it ends up being and this is a lot of I mean and not to I don't like to make it a political thing but it's a lot of people on the left 
mm-hmm. to say, oh, this is the science. I'm going to follow it until it disagrees with my agenda. Yeah. I don't think kids should go back to school. So even though the CDC does, I'm just going to say, no, no, they shouldn't because my agenda is more important than science. They like to say, oh, when the science agrees with my agenda, it's great. When it doesn't, we're going to kind of go with my agenda and just kind of sweep it under the rug. And then you see so many of these people, we talked about this before, but so many of these politicians who put in these rules and say, you're not being responsible unless you do A, B, and C. And then they get caught outside doing A, B, and C. And you're like, well, I mean, what are you doing? What are we doing? (laughs) How is that even, it's obviously not that important if you don't feel like you need to do it yourself. I saw Cuomo was on the street yesterday without a mask on. So it's like, this is, it's just kind of the point of absurdity. I think, I mean, at least in Nashville, we need to open every single bar and restaurant back to 100%. It's just enough enough. So few cases have come because of bars and restaurants. Justin talked about that. They don't have any numbers to back up their actions. And and I'm just, I'm done with this agenda-driven, political agenda-driven shutdown. Well, and it's like we talked about with social media last week. When all of these regulations are in place that are just keeping people down and keeping people at home, it takes away personal responsibility. When I went to New York, when I went to California, when I went to the beach, all of which I've done this year, I personally took the risk and said, I know what I'm getting myself into. I'm going to be as careful as I can, but I'm still going to go out. That's what we need to be able to do in Nashville. People need to be able to say, if I want to go out with eight of my friends and go sit at a restaurant, Nashville shouldn't tell me that I can only sit six at a table. It's insane. We're taking away personal responsibility completely, and it's time to roll that back. And one more thing, we've also never really talked about the adverse effects of the shutdown outside of economic ones. When we're talking about suicide rates going up, domestic abuse going up. I mean, there's a lot of bad thing. I mean, uh, basically people being depressed has gone up substantially. People have depression. So these things don't, these are not harmless things or it's not just, oh, it's the economy or it's, it's not, there's a lot of other things. And people, kids are, kids are learning better when they're with people. I mean, there is so many adverse effects that aren't economic related that we haven't even talked about. And I don't think we're going to really fully see that until maybe a year or two from now, but this is going to be devastating to, to families, to people who already have a, a kind of an issue or predisposed to depression. I mean, this is going to be horrible. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that if we're going to, if we want to talk about the human life risk, which people keep wanting to talk about when they're like, stay in your houses. We want to talk about the risk to human lives. We have to talk about what that also means for people who are told they can't leave their house. And like you said, are predisposed to um, depression or bipolar or anything like that. It's, it's really not a good situation. We need to let people live their lives, encourage everyone to be careful, but let people do what's best for them and not guilt them for it. Um, moving on to you, you just mentioned something about kids need to be around other students, kids, parents need to have the choice. Um, that, that'll take us right into our next topic, which is school choice. As many of you who are listening probably know, Beacon has worked tirelessly for years and years and years on an ESA program. We get the ESA program across the finish line a couple years ago, and the city of Nashville and the city of Memphis sue and say that the state can't mandate this. So we've been fighting this in court for years, and this week, um, Basically, it went to the Nashville Chancery Court, correct? Judge Martin ruled on it, said it was unconstitutional based on home rule. I'm saying a lot of wonky things. Then the Supreme Court denied, the state Supreme Court denied taking it up, and the Court of Appeals then got it. Um, And the Court of Appeals agreed with the initial ruling this week, saying that it was an unconstitutional program. So, Mark, where do we go from here? Yeah, you just said a lot of things that are tough, tough. but essentially what's happened is that we we hope that the, um, that the Supreme Court will Supreme Court of Tennessee will take up this case because uh, everyone on our staff and especially the lawyers who are much smarter than me are 
very, very sure this is constitutional. And we feel like if it's taken to the Supreme Court that the program will move forward. Um, I think that it's just kind of been a tough thing and, and you've had people on both sides discussing it, but ultimately everything that was, the, the reason the law was made the way it was and um, it was to make sure it was constitutional. And I think they put a lot of uh, emphasis into making sure that it was a good program. So uh, you're always gonna have disagreements with the court. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cases that are ruled one way and they move up and they're ruled the other way. So that's very possible. It happens all, it happens often in every state. So I think it's just something that we are looking forward to. I talked to Justin a little bit, who, who is again, is a lawyer and he, and he feels good about, he, he feels good that it's a constitutional law. And if it went to the Supreme court, that we would be in good shape to do that. But I, I want to hear you talk more because I know that you've talked with a lot of parents. I mean, talk about just the need for, for school choice outside of the whole legal framework. I mean, this is like the time, right? This is the time that we can do it. And, and that it's so needed with everything going on with the pandemic. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is outside of, I just gave my legal spiel, Mark just gave his encouragement spiel, outside of all of the legal matters, what matters the most is making sure that parents are able to choose. I have spent days and hours on the phone with moms and dads who are really frustrated with how Metro Nashville Public Schools is keeping their kids sitting behind a computer all day. Children who do have special needs but are in school with an IEP, a specialized education program, who have made so many strides toward beating anxiety or working on ADD or ADHD or have now gone back in all of the work that they've done, regressed in all of the progress that they've made, because they've been trapped behind a computer and these parents don't have the ability or the choice to send them to another school in this area, whether that's because of funding, where they live, whatever it looks like, they haven't been able to have another choice for them. That's just during the pandemic. Outside of pandemic world, I've talked to countless parents who have a lot of kids and they can't afford to send them all to private school. They can maybe send one and then they feel bad because the others aren't getting this, this option. Or they can't send any of them and their kids are so gifted and need a different program, either so gifted and need something better or gifted in a different way and need more attention and, and a specialized program program for them. And it's not fair, I don't think, that our state is not allowing parents to make the choice of what's best for their kids. And they're saying, because you have a zip code, this is your zip code, this is where you go. If it doesn't have the right programming, sorry about it. This is where, this is what you do. So beyond the argument of whether it's constitutional or unconstitutional, it's right to allow parents to make a choice for their kids' education. And I don't understand how people can fight it with a clear conscience. That's, that's just my opinion is I, I think that it's, it's the right thing to do to grant children the best educational opportunities. And, and there's no question that educational choice is constitutional. They're, they're talking about a specific program. Totally, um, yeah. we, we believe it's constitutional, but I mean, educational choice is clearly constitutional. And, yeah. Um, it really is, to me, it is the civil rights issue of our lifetime. And I think we're going to look back on this issue in 15 or 20 years and be like, wow, I can't believe anybody was against this. And I mean, it is, I mean, a lot of it is the unions or it's people who are scared of their own child's education being public, good public education being hurt. But I think it's going to be one that it's going to be 20 years down the line. Everyone's going to be like, wow, I can't believe anybody opposed that. So I think we're on the right side of history and we feel good about that. Yeah, we can't always guarantee equal outcomes, but we can give people the opportunity to start on the same starting line. And that's what this is about, is making sure that all kids have the option to start at the same starting line and be able to forge their own path. That's that. This is the issue that I'm like most passionate about. So I could talk for hours, but I will stop. Um, going back to um, COVID, uh, just for a second, the Titans 
seem to have a situation on their hands. <laughs> I'm not a sports girl. Well, I'm a college football girl, not an NFL girl, but I have been really wanting to cheer on the Titans this year because my boy Derek Henry from the Crimson Tide is a Titan, and I really was looking forward to it, but doesn't look like that's going to happen this week, huh? Also problematic is Mark's fantasy team is in trouble. Um, my quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, is now not going to be playing, which is problematic for me because I need, right. to, I need to play Carson Wentz, who is awful now. So I am not happy about this thing from a fantasy perspective. Um, we knew there's going to be COVID cases. I mean, we kind of assumed that in the NFL, and it's actually been pretty lucky so far because, I mean, it's also not – it's not a bubble like the NBA had done or now baseball during the playoffs. So we figured it'd be COVID cases. Uh, I'm interested. It's interesting that they're shutting it down now because it looked like there's only at least the le the last thing I said was there only three or four players and a couple coaches, which I know that's, I mean, I don't think that should be enough to cancel the game. I don't um, more that we don't know about. I know the Vikings who played the Titans last week, they got tested. I think they were, they, they had no cases. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure the NFL is handling this well. Maybe there's more that I don't know, but I would assume that they would kind of just play on. I mean, three, there's, there's eight, nine people hurt on any team any given week. So I'm not sure why they'd stop it. I mean, whoever has it, we hope that they recover fully. I mean, pretty much all the professional athletes have, it seems like. Um, but it, I don't think it makes sense to cancel the game. And it really doesn't make sense because I'm 0-3 and need a, need a win in fantasy. And they are just taking that away from me right now. And I don't care for that. Mark, Mark for selfish motivations, me for making sure that people, I, I just, this is where my heart goes. And I know I'm way too compassionate for the job that I do, but I'm way too compassionate to work in politics. I hear about um, the Titans not playing at home. And I think about the people that need to work at the concession stand to make money. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely. Although, I mean, let's remember that everything that Mayor Cooper did to say no fans and whatever the first two games, like that, all those people didn't have, Stuff he goes that. And one of the cool things that you actually seen some of the professional athletes do, like Rudy Gobert, he was kind of patient zero in the NBA, the jazz player. Yeah. But I mean, he salary to, to pay concession workers that would have that would have been in games there because he felt bad for them. So there is every time we do something like this, it's I mean, you make a good point. There's a lot of unseen people who also are affected by that. Who who these are the people who aren't making five million dollars or ten million dollars a year like the NFL players, they're making eleven dollars an hour. And guess what? I'm not having that for eight hours on a Sunday is a big deal. I know. It just, it absolutely, like, destroys me. Every time I hear about something being canceled, I think about the parking lot attendants or the concession stand workers or whoever it might be that really needs that job. The, the people who take water out onto the field to the players, like people who just aren't getting paid like the coaches and the players are. So I'm really sad. Like Mark said, you know, I read that four Titans players have COVID. They are all, some of them are symptomatic. They're all expected to recover fully. They're totally doing fine. We would never make light of anyone being sick. But at the same time, I think that we can focus on the individual's players, individual players' health and the contagious risk, but still keep, let the boys play. You know what I mean? From my favorite movie. Yeah, I mean, just test them Saturday. If it's still four, you play. If it's 15 or 20, then yeah, of course, you probably cancel the game. But at this point, I mean, I, I just, that, that seems insane to me. And it's, sometimes you can have an abundance of caution where it actually ends up hurting. And I mean, that's why people thought the baseball was going to be canceled because the, the Marlins and Cardinals both had like, like almost their full teams had it, mm -hmm. but covered and they were back in, in a week or two. So um, this game messes up the fantasy football season quite a bit. And it also messes up. They will reschedule it though. So anybody who, who you had, they will get their money. 
Um, I will not get Roethlisberger back this week, so whatever. <laughs> well, Mark's going to lose all of his. Hey, I hope I hope whoever decided to cancel this game is happy at Mark losing his fantasy season because of this. I know. That, that, that's everyone's major concern, I think. Um, gosh, that is, that is wild. Well, Mark, <laughs> while we're talking about um, football and fall, this is – I, I got to say that I – wish that I was in the position to my sister's way younger than me I went to all of her games to see her cheer in high school for years and years and it was when we were having some really unseasonably hot falls it is beautiful outside and I wish that I had a younger sibling or a niece or nephew or someone who was playing Friday night football so that I could go sit outside and drink my Dr. Pepper and eat my hot dog and watch some football this has been the best fall that we have had in a really long time I mean, it's high school football. You can still go to games. I, guess so. I did notice, though, when I was like, I remember I had an, a day like this in D.C. I was like 26. I'm like, it's so nice. And there was a, a baseball game going on. So I just sat down and watched. And it's like, why am I watching a 10-year-old baseball game without a kid? And I'm like, I should probably leave. This is not, <laughs> this might not, this is not exactly the same as high school football. But it's just a nice day. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so nice out. And I mean, I've been, uh, me and Sloan, my dog, we walk about two miles. I played tennis. Uh, yesterday with Kira and it's just been it's just been so nice and the the switch has kind of flipped right I mean basically I felt like last week at this time or like last Tuesday it was like 90 degrees and then it's been great basically from Thursday on I last night weather last night I really took a risk um one of my favorite things every fall it seems like I get on like a true crime kick it's like what I do I always do true crime in the fall don't know why but um I've been watching true detective and so last night I opened up my back door to let the air come in had my little cocktail I was making hamburgers and sweet potato fries and watching true detective with the fall air coming in and I realized that that was my dream situation. That was my dream day with the nice, cool, crisp fall air coming in. I, I have never been so happy. And I honestly never thought that it would happen in the deep South on October 1st. I uh, <laughs> was expecting to be sweating until at least Halloween. There's an issue with that though. I did that to my, my little bit, like, uh, like four flies came in. I'm like, oh, I don't want this anymore. I don't like the flies are the worst. I got a mosquito bite last night. I literally got a mosquito bite in wow. October with the cool, even with the cool air, got a mosquito bite. So are you watching True Detective season one or what? Because season one is excellent. I finished season, season one Sunday night. Oh I just started season two and I know yeah. it's garbage. I know it's garbage, but I love Taylor Kitsch. And so I'm watching it anyway. I love all the actors. It's a terrible thing. It's, it's, we, I just watched the movie Jack and Jill, which is Adam Sandler's movie uh, where he's a guy and he plays his sister. Yeah. One of the worst movies ever. It's got so many great people in it. So like, yeah. I yeah. that. Go, go to see, I've not watched season three, but I've heard season three is way more like season one. Well, to be fair, I wasn't super paying attention because I've heard it was really bad. I was online shopping for some new sweaters because obviously I'm, I'm fall and I'm basic and crap. So, you know, whatever. Um, I was, I was shopping for new sweaters while watching it, but I feel like I just have to do it in sequential order. I have to. One of my, uh, one of the favorite things that I do is I just went to Texas last week um, and I had a Lone Star beer. And the only reason I like that is because Matthew McConaughey I, I, he drank it so much in True Detective season one. I wanted to try it, and it turns out I really like it. And I, I, I mean, he is, he's, I don't care. This is going to be the most controversial thing I've ever said on this show. I think Matthew McConaughey is the best actor, period, right now, of our generation. Yeah, okay, not controversial. Not, not like, 
funny, like in all forms. I cried like a baby during Dallas Buyers Club. He was like the perfect yeah. actor. This role in True Detective season one, we, my roommate and I were watching it and we just kept looking at each other saying like, the acting is perfect and Matthew McConaughey is perfect. I really do think, and they kept him on as an executive producer for season two on True Detective because he is the show. Like he- He that, just acted because season two was so bad. Yeah, okay, whatever. But he, he really, is, that's not a hot take and that's not a controversial opinion. I, I beg anyone to try to fight us on that because I agree with you. I feel like people would fight me pretty hard. I think the people, there's like, like, like Al Pacino, although he was in Jack and Jill um, and not good. Uh-uh, really? I need to send this to you. He does this whole little dance and says Dunkachino. He's like doing a, a Dunkin' Donuts advertisement. I feel like he has just given up for that movie. But yeah, that sounds absolutely terrible. I'm gonna stick it with was, my true crime. It was bad. I'm gonna stick with my true crime and let you have that. But yes, <laughs> I agree with you. I actually agree with Mark. Mark it down, October first, twenty twenty. I agree with Mark that Matthew. <laughs> the, fall, the fall air is getting to you. It's yes, making you like the fall air is making me like drunk or like high or something because I agree <laughs> with Mark. Um. But yes, okay, Matthew McConaughey. So takeaways from this episode. ESAs were the bomb. Nashville is opening and it should have opened sooner. Mark's fantasy team is about to suck. And I think it's funny and he's devastated. Suck more. And Mark and I totally agree that Matthew McConaughey is the best actor of our generation. We're going to some hate for that, but I think we're on the same page. So. Whatever. Cheers, baby. I, I roll tide. Right. I'm for it. There we go. <laughs> have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week.